Hi, and welcome to the Saxophone Academy. I'm Dr. Wally Wallace, and on this episode, I chat with my co-host, Dr. Susan Fancher, about what's been going on in the saxophone world, new practice habits, new equipment, and we catch up after what's been a bit of a break. We also answer some of your questions, and if you have a question for the podcast, feel free to write us. You can reach us at wally at thesaxophoneacademy.com. Hope you're having a great week, and enjoy the episode. Okay, so... Hey, Sue. Hi, Wally. How's it going? It's pretty amazing. I think it's, it's been a little while, about a year. Oh, man, I don't even know anymore. People ask me about things that happened, and I'm like, oh, yeah, that was last year. And, you know, it was my like husband a- will say to me, uh, Sue, that was two years ago. It was 20, like, yeah. No, it wasn't. Oh, wait, yeah, it was. I know, people say, no, that was 2019. They're like, right, this year. That what was last talk- year, right? I don't know. I, uh, yeah. I don't keep track anymore. I know. Feel- anyway, so there's sort of a weird time warp. I know. The, the two weeks when we got sent home from college, right? Yeah. We got told, okay, we're going to everybody go home for two weeks. And it was like two years. I know. <laughs> so We're weird. still in a mushy timeline. It's a little bit mushy still. Even a, even a time lord would get a little confused. No, we haven't. <laughs> we've gotten together. We've chatted. Uh, we had coffee yeah. a little while ago. And we're like, oh, man. it was so fun. Let's get the band back together. Let's get the band back together and get on the road again. Yeah. So, I mean, <laughs> we were both committed to bringing about the saxophone craze of the 2020s. Yes. Um, we have incredibly exciting things. It's still the 2020s. I know. We got tons of time still. It's 2022 or three. Two, I think. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So yeah, we got plenty of time to bring back the saxophone. Yeah. Got like using my Georgia public school math skills in like six years, maybe eight. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, that seems exactly right. <laughs> that's good. That, that checks out. So, so let's, let's catch math. up with saxophonically. Uh, okay. What's been going on? I've got... Uh. A lot of nerdy gear stuff to talk about. Awesome. Um, and I'm still waiting on, hold on, I'm going to pull up an update. The biggest news in the classical saxophone world for Shurzies is coming to my house in the next one hour and 51 minutes, but it's not here yet. I was hoping here before, but FedEx guaranteed delivery in the next two hours. Yeah, uh, before noon, so it could come anytime. It could literally come like while we're chatting. Wow. I won't stop the podcast. To gra- I, actually, I might. I'm Are you going to say what it is? Well, I'm just going to see if you could guess what it is. The biggest news in the classical saxophone world the Th- biggest- that has to be delivered. I mean, obviously, there's <laughs> well, not a human being delivered to my door. <laughs> the uh, biggest, but news- I never said not a corpse. Yeah. Oi. Yeah. <laughs> oh gosh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that got dark. I, wow. Yeah, yeah, I went a little speechless on you there, Wally, yeah. and that almost never happens. <laughs> I have dug up the body of Sigurd Rasher. No, I'm kidding. No. Okay. So, uh, um, the biggest news in the classical saxophone world equipment wise we'll talk about that you were the least gear person i know i count on you for that well that's what i'm here for it's so funny that some people are really really good at keeping up on the latest and greatest developments and i feel like i should but somehow i don't it's okay well (laughs) i'm not good i just get emails okay (laughs) the the beautiful thing is no matter how well you play you're not as important to a lot of companies as if a lot of people have eyeballs on what you're doing. So here's the thing: yeah. I, I, um, I don't, I don't know many scales. Um, <laughs> I don't play in tune. They're Wally. A music theory <laughs> escapes me, but I got a YouTube channel, so I get sent cool stuff. Okay, well, cool. And that is well, one yay. of those one of those things being sent. I didn't know about it. I just got this email. Okay, that we'll talk about it in a second. Okay. Um, but before we get to nerdy gear stuff, yes. what have you? What are you working on? What are you practicing these days? Oh my Sue? gosh! Well, let's see. So this spring was surprisingly busy. So what happened was um, a bunch of things that were canceled got rescheduled, mm-hmm. and then of course new things. People are coming up for air now from being in lockdown for so long right. and having there be no concerts and you know not teaching as much not on the road as much and so people have had more time to think so i feel mm-hmm. like you know there's sort of a, a buzz of energy right now of people trying to start up projects so um june 1st was the barlow foundation commissioning grant deadline and a good friend of mine and a duke alum uh, amy scuria applied for funding for a piece a song cycle for SATB chorus with soprano saxophone and organ. Okay, now SATB for the so soprano, alto, alto tenor, tenor, Barry. So mixed chorus. So not yeah. all men or not all women. So a mixed a mixed right, choir right. with organ and uh, soprano saxophone. We've been talking about it for years before the 
the shutdown happened. It got backburnered. This whole prod project is that a verb? Back it is burnered? now. Got put on the back. Uh, I like backburner. Listen up, Let's uh, go Webster's. With that. Yeah, a new word. New word alert. <laughs> so that's that's fingers crossed. We have a couple of uh, choirs committed to doing that, and hopefully that'll come to pass next year. That's so exciting. Well, I mean, I know, I know how I'm much really you excited. love playing with choir. I do. Yeah. I think you could, I'm going to call you the choir specialist, the saxophonist that probably has the most passion and experience playing with choirs. I love to do that. I'm not the only one, but I, I love to do that. And I think it comes, well, I, I, the other ones don't co-host a podcast. So they're well, basically, that's exactly. So I'm the one they're invisible to me. Yes. I'm the most important one. Obviously. And maybe one of their corpses is being delivered oh, by shush. FedEx. No, okay. No. <laughs> Well, and I think a lot of that comes honestly, you know, it's another topic for another time yeah. of like your your repertoire from my interest in singing in, in choirs, but also I like that music. It's beautiful. So there you have it. And um, let's see, what's another thing I'm working on right now is starting to work up music for a recital that I'm doing with piano for the SAI, which is Sigma Alpha Iota, which is a, a women's music fraternity. Music it's fraternity. called a music fraternity, which I don't know. I guess they just didn't want to use the word sorority, but right. whatever. It doesn't matter. It's a it's a brotherhood of women in music. Um, and they're having a national convention actually at the convention center in Greensboro. Right. Um, at the end of July. And this was scheduled for two years ago. To play a, a benefit, it's for it's a benefit concert for SAI philanthropies, right? And then it got rescheduled for 2021, and now it's rescheduled for 2022. And fingers crossed, <laughs> it, it'll monkeypox. Okay. So the fantastic Suzanne yeah. Pollock and I are doing okay. every so. So we're playing. We got a new piece written for us by Shar Joyner, who wrote a, a Celtic tune influenced mm-hmm. piece. So it's really really fun and tuneful. Yay! We uh, when when you let's get that recorded and we'll put that. Yep. on Shar uh, is a very talented composer. Yeah, doing a lot in film music right now. I think yeah. is I think I think she's studying in London or studied in London. I, think she's I don't know. Finished with a, maybe she's with some it. Royal Academy of some stuff. Society yeah. of Guild Halls or something. Yeah, somebody over in London who's listening I'm is going to be like, "You guys are idiots. <laughs> get yeah. your facts together." Well, I don't care. <laughs> so speaking of two, anyway, years, two yeah. years delays, two. Years ago, oh. I was planning on bringing my band, the Sonnenots, right? 1950s West Coast cool jazz meets the modern age, right. uh, into the studio that got canceled. So yeah. we're actually going back until Monkeypox uh, <laughs> cancels it uh, oh, in two weeks. So we're playing the Eastern Music Festival Chamber Crawl. Uh, Fabulous! And then we're going into the studio. Finally, it's been two years. Yeah. And well, ask me how much better I am now than back before. So Wally, how much have you improved over these two years? No, I, I'm slowly. Uh, unlearning how to play the saxophone. <laughs> <laughs> I was not one of those people who sat around practicing for hours a day not during many the people lockdown. Were. There were a couple who at least pretended to be. If you looked at their their um, Facebook profiles, yeah. but I was not one of those people who was super excited about practicing when there were no concerts. No, I couldn't. I yeah. just couldn't well, get music excited for like about a lot it. of us. A lot of our listeners, um, music is a social thing. You know what's more social than getting together with playing other musicians? Talking about gear. Well. Okay, so I have to talk yeah. you through my, my Let's pa- talk about gear, Wally. I've had a saxophone. I'm so excited that you're getting the band together and that you're going to oh, play. Oh, thanks. Make we sure ha- you tell me the date and everything. Oh, yeah, we had a rehearsal just, well, Woo-hoo. in the studio right there. It was, it was just so much fun. I just, yeah. yeah. Um, it was really good to play with, you guys with were other musicians. crying for joy, yeah. Me more than them. They were yeah. crying for different reasons. <laughs> So okay, I, gear. I've gone on a saxophonic journey, right? Okay. For many, many years, I've played on my um, custom, well, Yamaha custom, but it's been customized. I've had the lacquer removed. I've had the ball joints replaced with fork keys, and um, right. it's just my own instrument sitting over there in the, in the chair. Um, beautiful. It's a beautiful patina, and I've loved it. Yeah. And I thought, you know what? It's a Yamaha. Nah, I don't want to play on a Yamaha. They make lawnmowers and motorcycles. Come on. <laughs> I need something more interesting than that. So I went on a, on a hunt, and then I bought a con, an early 1940s, right before they quit production for the war. Like, literally, it was two days after Pearl Harbor, my saxophone oh. was 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 built. Wow. Um, well, that year, anyway. And uh, I bought a 1940s Con 6M Alto. 
Wow. And the tone was sweet. And it was amazing. <gasps> Ask me where it is. Where is it right now, I Wally? traded it um, because oh. it drove me nuts. The, the next strap ring was in the wrong place and the bell keys were on the other side. And um. which makes for an interesting sound. But you know what happens when you put your bell keys on the other side, Sue? <laughs> guess. Well. <laughs> guess. <laughs> they're right up against your side, hip, leg, whatever. <laughs> that was one thing. The other thing is guess which cases it fits in. Oh, whoops. One case that I could find uh, that would fit it. Ah. And it was a Protec XL. Okay. And those are the fanny packs of saxophone cases, yeah. as uh, Brian Curry from Get a Saxophone yeah. calls them. Uh, who he's actually re- he's actually rebooting Walt Johnson uh, oh, cases. Oh, is he? Yeah. And so, like, I just couldn't take like that. I was like, I I need I I gotta have my Bam case. I love Bam saxophone yeah. cases. Yeah. Um. And so I traded it, and I got my dream horn. What'd you get? A King. <gasps> Uh, Super 20 Silver Sonic in mint condition. Oh. So it's the one with the King Super 20 with solid sterling silver neck and Oh my bell. gosh. And it was mint condition because it was locked in some crazy Eastern European guy's mansion. And when he died, his family cleaned it out and he was like hoarding mint condition saxophones. More it, than one? Many, apparently. So oh. Brian Curry, the dealer at Sax, who um, yeah, 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 I've become I friends Brian. with. Yeah, yeah it's great guy. Great business, uh, yeah. You basically emailed and said, Wally, this is the one. Come get it. And so it was, oh. ooh, it, was, it, was it was more money than I've ever spent on a saxophone. And I got it, and I was so happy. Oh. And I didn't like the way it played. Oh, crap. So, oh, no. <laughs> and, I love this story. This is yeah, great. Yeah, and so then I was like, all right. So it's then a, That's a journey, so man. It was. And so I was like, all right. And I've, Wally. I'm a nerd, so I write down my goal lists. Yeah. And a lot of those have changed. Some of them have come to pass. But I I've thought had everybody did King that. Supersonic <laughs> Silver, uh, King Super 20 Silver Sonic has been on my goal list for like 20 years. And yeah. because, you know, student loan debt and kids and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I just, yeah. I can't spend six or seven grand on right, saxophone. I just, right. I just can't do that. Right. I'm selfish, but I'm just like, I also don't want to get divorced. <laughs> and so, and You're so a smart guy. <laughs> so I was, I reluctantly just had to come to realization that like, it's just not the saxophone for me. It doesn't yeah. play the way I like. Um, it is the most beautiful thing I've ever held in my hands other than my own children. Right. And, um, <laughs> and so I traded in. So now next to you see what I traded in and bought. Oh, this is this what you have now? The elite model. Wow. Custom handcrafted in Japan. Wait, I'm going to lean over and pick it up. She's going to pick it up. I put it in the stand. She doesn't know what it is. I promise not to dent it. Yeah, because I'll (laughs) tell you why it's really important you don't dent it right now. Uh, That is the Yanagasawa Elite uh, Professional Series, the AW010. Now, Now, Sue, pick it up. Is it weighty? It's substantial. It's ribbed construction. Yeah. Now I tried four or five different ones. Some it's not with, like absurdly heavy. Some though. with bronze. Some with soaring silver. And that one just played beautifully. Pop the keys next to the microphone. Let, let the audience hear. How's that key action, Sue? Feels great. Yeah, it has the best intonation I've ever put in a saxophone. I thought it was bad intonation. Then I realized I it was I was making corrections that didn't need to be corrected. Right, because you're so used to having. I'm so make used those, to it. Yeah, yep. and and it's just amazing. So, so Sue, guess guess what I'm gonna have done to it? Nothing. I'm gonna sell it, and I don't like it. Oh! <laughs> so the reason I don't want you oh to dent God, it is you're hilarious because you're gonna sell it. I'm gonna sell well, it. Well, I gotta say, anybody who wants to buy it, it's it's a beauty. I mean, it's mint. It's basically, oh, I mean, it's unplayed. Oh, it is so beautiful. For all intents and purposes, it's brand new. Oops, uh, it's but... just not for me, and here's why: the key action is too high. It's slightly too heavy. It's got a beautiful tone. It, it feels so precise. Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah, but, but I mean... Shout out hmm. to uh, Paula, my friend and your friend. That you, I don't know if you've met Paula online, but she's your friend whether you like yeah. it or not. Yeah. She's amazing. She's a community manager for the Saxophone Academy. Uh, she described it thusly, and it makes sense. Uh, Yanagasawa is kind of like dancing with your sister. <laughs> it's nice. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> And I think that's the best description oh, I've ever heard. Great. And so, yeah, I'm going to be trading or selling that. Well, um, it's gorgeous. Well, thank you. I'm going to put it down without denting it. Thank you. That's the only reason. If it's my personal horn, I don't care. Dents and scratches don't. Okay, dents, if I'm honest, um, on the neck bother me. But I'm not anyways. happy about dents and scratches. Dents in particular, I, I don't think I have any of my horns, and I want to keep it that way. But, oh, I know. <laughs> you know, scratches happen, but I don't like them. Right. <laughs> that's gorgeous. Gorgeous instrument. So now, Wally... <laughs> I see that I just, I'm sorry. You're, 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 you're refreshing the screen to see what that delivery time is. Oh. So wait, I have to ask, are you getting, are you getting a Selmer? No. 
Oh. So this delivery. That's what I was wondering. No, Wait a minute. Is he getting a summer supreme? No. No. Okay. So there's literally, <laughs> they have an hour and 38 minutes to get here. But Otherwise being FedEx, late. they don't care. FedEx. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, anyway, so I'm back to putting my Yamaha. <laughs> <laughs> well, so what are you going to get? I, oh, what, the delivery is not a saxophone. No, oh. the delivery is the big news that you were so out of the loop that I'm going to have to scold you. <laughs> Let's talk about more news. So uh, I had a wonderful conversation with Andrea Harold of Daddario. Now, you being a Van Doren okay, artist, yeah. you have to pretend like you don't know what Daddario is or like, are like, oh, the, are those are those the reeds that cause gas and bloating? <laughs> shush, shush. No, I, I know you love, I love Van Doren too. Um, anyway, so I, I was, I was thinking like, you know, our podcast is co-hosted by a Van Doren artist. We need a little balance. Well, yeah. Yeah. So I was like, you know, let me learn a little more That's about. Good. Let me learn more about the Daddario line, and so they very kindly sent me a giant box of all their their products. Oh, fantastic! Uh, not Great. their mouthpieces. I'm not that famous, <laughs> uh, but all the reeds in multiple yeah. sizes. And I just had this great chat with uh, Andrea, who's one of the, the product specialists over sure, at Van Yeah. And she works with Kristen McKean. Kristen McKean. McKean. Yep. Yeah, a friend of ours. Yep. She doesn't know who I am, but I've met her. And she's, she's great. perfectly polite to me. She's, okay. Um, <laughs> I just think she, we're not, I can't say we're friends because she doesn't know who I am. But, um, I learned a lot about Daddario Reeds. So did oh, you yeah. know that Van Doren was initially distributed by Daddario? Um, I did not. Okay, so <laughs> they have a history with Reeds. Sure. They were the distributors yeah. for Van okay. Doren. Daddario got Van Doren out of France and into the world. And then here's something mm-hmm. interesting happened. Rico came up for sale. And so Jim Daddario got together with, I forgot the president of Van Doren's name. Do you know offhand? No. <laughs> no, said Van Doren artist Sue Fancher. <laughs> And they said, why don't we go in together and buy uh, Rico and, you know, go, go yeah. uh, like own this together and create this like new, you know, like conglomerate. Yeah. Um, got the, and, and, and uh, both parties and they're friends. Apparently the president of Van Doren and Jim Daddario are friends. Okay. And, and, you know, lawyers get involved, can't work out the numbers. So Daddario bought Rico. It, right. Most people know that by now. Right. So um, the Rico line, here's what you may not know. Do you know the difference between Rico and Rico Royal? Not really. It's a file. It's a French file on the Rico Royal. Oh, That's right. it. The exact okay. same mm-hmm. cane. Right. Same thing. So they take right. away a little bit of material. Um, now, here's what's something else interesting. Did you know that uh, Rico, now Daddario, and Rico always owned Lavaz? Yes, I did know you that. You did know that. Yeah. Okay. Now, here's the trivia question. This is juicy. Because <clears throat> we always made fun of Fred Hemke for playing on Rico Reads. Right, right. So, yeah. And we'll <laughs> So, and he, he really was. He really was. He really was. Yeah. So I, I was always, you know, some people say, I don't like Rigos, but man, Lavazes are great. Okay, right. we really got to get Lavaz. Lavaz are great. So Well, it's a different cut. Riddle me this, Sue Fancher. I don't know what, what, yes. What's the difference between Lavaz and Orange Box Rico? I don't know. Nothing. No, stop it. Yeah. <laughs> For many years... So basically, so the here, box, then. let's talk, let's talk about dry cleaning. <laughs> okay. So you go to your local dry cleaner, you drop off your clothes and they ruin your favorite pair of pants. Oh, you're really upset. We've all had it happen. Like, yes. how dare you? I'm never going there again. I'm going across the street, the, the, the street yeah, to cleaner world dry cleaning right. and you'll never have my business again. <laughs> what you likely don't know is they're the same company. Right. And they go to they the same. They all send them into the same place. They send them in the same place. They come back. They're not cleaning them in house. No. Well. Uh, Rico got a little bit of a bad rep, and there was some bias against Rico, so they created a new box, a new name, which sounded more French, and they made <laughs> Lavaz reads the exact. I love it. Not a different cut. <laughs> Instead of calling it a three, they call it a medium. I mean, that's right. <laughs> so the the strength grading is different, but Lavaz is Rico in a prettier box. Unless you like orange, then then you're going to be really happy. Um, <laughs> So here's another thing I learned. I, it was a fascinating conversation. Yeah. Andrea was was so wonderful. So um, the student lines, they consider them basically student lines or yeah. learner lines. Um, those come from the higher nodes of Kane. Okay. Uh, the professional lines, the select, and Van Doren all comes from the lower nodes, except for the Juno, I believe. Right, which um, is a student line, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. One and uh, the lower nodes of the cane, I may have this reversed. <clears throat> Someone will let me know. Okay. <laughs> I'm not worried yeah. about that. Don't but I believe the, I the lower <laughs> nodes are, are, are denser. Um, or you get more flexibility out of them. And so the um, the, sol- j- the select jazz and the reserve, their classical line, come from those. So they use same cane but different parts for the different reed lines. Cool. Now this is what's really interesting. So f- where does where does Van Doren get their cane, Sue? 
France. But what part of France? Oh, geez. Somewhere in the south. The VAR region of France. <laughs> Which sounds like a Star Wars. Yes. We're heading to the VAR sector. Look out for really Darth. Get on my cruiser. <laughs> Darth Dingus with his reeds. Yeah. So, yeah, the VAR region of France. So, the Daro sources came from the VAR region of France as well. They have their plantation, yeah. you know, over there for that. Yeah. But they also source... Argentine cane, Argentine. No, I did not know that. Yeah, they do. Now, here's what's uh, interesting. So, yeah. some, people, half the audience is already tuned out, like, read I, trivia. Hooray. They, I mean, I eyes love are this. rolling back in the head. I love this. They're I find this turning so, us off. <laughs> I find it so interesting. I honestly do. Yeah. So, um, guess which lines of reads come from Argentina and which ones come from France. You're going to tell me. You, you'll never know. Because... They intermingle oh. the cane. So it's not like the Argentine cane goes Stop to Rico it. or Lavaz, which is the exact same thing. And the, <laughs> and the French cane goes, no, they mix it. So they did sampling and they found players almost exact preference for the same, maybe slight bias towards the Argentine cane. So they mix them all together. Oh. And so anytime you get a box of reeds, you may have yeah. Argentine cane, you may have... Um, um, French cane. French cane. You may not know. Yeah, you don't know. I found that was fascinating. That is pretty interesting. I had no idea. Now, the big news. Yes. Um... Look in the box next to you. The the, these aren't yours, by the way, because I've already played them. So, but I'm gonna get you some. Uh, well, I can't actually because you're a Van Doren artist. So, well, I can try stuff. That's like your kryptonite. So, you know, you want to know, like, you want to know something? Yes. When when we recorded that, um, <sighs> with you every step or all along the way, or oh, whatever. Been, okay, so. <laughs> They they sent a you know they sent a message to the you know to the artists before the recording session and everything and said by the way just make sure <laughs> you actually show up with the Van Dorn ligature mouthpiece okay, and ring so because some of the Van Dorn artists <clears throat> I actually do play on Van Dorn but some of this them is true. actually I've never so yeah. I'm not saying I can't ooh. Well let me let me catch ooh, the audience okay. up. Yeah yeah okay. yeah. So I the, just opened the box and it's yeah. from Dodaro. Well, no no let's talk about uh, uh, Van Dorn. So yes. what you're talking about is uh, Van Dorn had a brand new huge ad campaign. They flew you to New York to yeah. meet your mini you. Yeah. So their new ad campaign is with you every step of the way. And oh, man. Sue that was- happened in the midst of this whole lockdown and everything. And so I, w- I will like be more prepared to talk about the really lovely okay. young, young woman that I, that I was, was my mini me. Well, and I'll talk- tell you more about yeah. her maybe next we'll time or maybe do later. An interview with her yeah. or something. Oh, that would be so fun. Be a hoot. Yeah. She was awesome. So yeah. Sue Fancher for the listener was the face of the new Van Doren marketing campaign. Uh, with you every step of the way, and a couple other artists, big yeah, name artists. Yeah, they had jazz, classical, clarinet, saxophone. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so they flew Sue to New York into this fun. awesome ad campaign with Sue Fancher. Yeah. Yeah. So she is a Van Doren artist through and through. But so Vin also, I'm um, Vin. Well, I just gave him. Well, Dario sent introducing Dario Ven. Yeah. V e n n like Venn diagram. Exactly because is it cane? Is it synthetic? Advanced. It's, uh, it's an intersection. Seriously, kudos to the marketing team because they've done a really good job. Um, the marketing team. Now, I think everyone deserves a second chance. Yeah. Um, when I failed to plan for the family vacation and uh, no, the kids weren't packed and I forgot to uh, book boarding for the dog, uh, Erica gave me a second chance, which you could have rightly divorced me. Um, <laughs> originally, so Vin is the synthetic reed from Dodario. It has uh, fibers kind of like a reed that are synthetic. Um, it's cut like a reed. But it is synthetic. They released uh, the Ven right, right at the start of the pandemic, and I ordered yeah. uh, two. They came in, and look, I'll just be honest. They were the worst reads I've ever played in my life. They wow. were worse than plastic cover. Wow, that's pretty. They bad. were worse. I mean, not worse than. I mean, uh, Legere is is legit good. Yeah. Legit is a uh, Legere. Yeah, Legere is a legitimately good read. You may not love good. it, but yeah. you can't say it's trash. It is not. Um, I would oh, honestly, God, no. they yeah. were, they were really borderline unplayable. I'm not trying to be, I'm hyperbolic about a lot of things, but never bad mouthing a brand because right. our, our universe is too small. They were legitimately yeah. very bad. So I did not do a review video. I was going to do that. And I was like, you know, if I said anything, it would just be trashing them. And you know, there's, these are people's jobs and livelihoods. Right. And we just yeah, went to the pandemic. No point. Yeah. yeah. And so I just like, um, oh, I don't know what happened. Something went bad wrong. Well, what happened was, you know, they basically the pandemic happened. They had to shut down, leave. So when they were in the process, they're like, do we go ahead and launch before their factory, the employment, everything was shut down. And so they did their best to get it out and had some major problems. Number one was the tip was not holding its integrity. So they put a film on the back of it 
that went up the entire length of the reed to keep the the tip intact. Right. And the the film that I got was already starting to peel off a little bit. Oh. And I had some students that were like, oh, did you peel the film off the back? I think you're supposed to peel the film before you play it. Oh, and I was like, yeah, I, was like yeah, no. I don't think you are, but honestly, it it's got to make it play better because it can't play worse. So, oh, no. so I peeled the film off and oh. sure enough, it played slightly better, but it still was. Anyway, so that was a learning experience. They were not pleased. They totally understood um, that was not what they wanted to happen. And they were heartbroken because right. there was a lot of, it's a couple, you know, minute things that didn't go their way. Yeah. So fast forward today, uh, it's, they're sourcing the, the fibrous material from a new company. It's being, it's so basically new manufacturing methods and new materials, the concept remains true, uh, but the implementation is much better now. So the VIN synthetic read, I will tell, I'm going to do a full review video, is fantastic. Very cool. Um, so major redemption story, and serious kudos to the Daddario team. It was a goof um, at first, and going into the pandemic, I mean, yeah, things were uh, just crazy. Geez, yeah. Um, and But wow, now, I mean, they've exciting. totally, in my eyes, um, it's a game changer for synthetic reeds. It is wow. different, and I think I, I prefer it slightly to uh, Legere. It's a preference. I'm not saying it's better. Right. I prefer it slightly to um, Legere. They're fantastic. So I'll have a video out playing test, and I also want to get some more and get you testing them. Yeah, I'd love to try them. Um, and we've seen the, well, you're not really on social media hardly at all because you're actually living your life, but we have friends <laughs> that have posted videos of them trying it. Um, and... Yeah, so they're That's really good. Super so, exciting. Yeah, so, I think it's just great that there's so many different options, and it you know you don't have to love it for yourself to to. Oh, hey, hey wait, Sue. There's a green check. Okay, hold on. It says delivered. I will be back in two seconds. Okay. You talk to the microphone. I'm not pausing okay. it. Go. Okay. Oh my gosh. Now, okay. He says he's going to shame me when he gets back, and I'm supposed to know what this is. And when it shows up, I'm afraid that. <laughs> I'm going to be like, oh, yeah, duh. But I really honestly don't know what this is that's coming. So there. Anyway, um, so I hope you are all doing great and that <laughs> you've stayed healthy. And <laughs> I'm, I'm still talking. Okay. 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 Wally's so, back Sue and he's got a box. And it's about the size of a large shoe box. What is he pulling out of here? There's the, the, something, the bunch of things wrapped okay, in, not in a, right, <laughs> what the heck is this, Wally? Okay, it's wrapped in bubble wrap. Oh, wait, it looks, oh, it's a mouthpiece. Oh, this is here, the Vocalese TM2 Alto Sax mouthpiece. Okay. Okay, Wally, <laughs> talk so, to us. Okay, so. Whoa, I'm opening it, is that okay? Yes, two okay. days ago. So Sue has one, I have, well, they're, they're both um, mine. Wow, um, what is this? It's I'm in gonna... a little it's in a little velvet pouch. Yeah, so I'm opening a clear plastic tube. This would be much better if it was a video. I'm going to make a video, but so the big news in the classical saxophone world, I got an email two days ago from a company I've never heard of called Bakun, B-A-C-K-U-N. Yeah. I'm out of breath because I literally ran upstairs. <laughs> and they said, uh, Timothy McAllister wants to send you something. Can we have your email, your, your mailing address? And I said, well, it depends. If it's going to be a corpse, then... <laughs> <laughs> then yes, here's my here's my address. Right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so he, for many, many, many years, has had uh, Richard Hawkins refacing his mouthpiece. Have you heard of Richard Hawkins? No. I believe I have that name correct. Richard Hawkins. Uh, sorry if I goof up the name. I'm pretty sure it's Richard Hawkins. Hawkins for sure, last name. Okay. If not, we'll just call him Dick Hawkins. Okay. okay. So he's had um, been refacing Tim's mouthpieces for forever. They got together, and in conjunction with um, Bakun Musical Services... They have a new line of mouthpieces, the TM series mouthpieces. So the facing, the curvature, and the design was in conjunction with Richard Hawkins, who's been refacing Tim's mouthpieces. And Bakun Musical Services is actually was first a clarinet repair company, high-end clarinet repair. Then they started making barrels and then full-on high-end clarinets. So they know a little bit about manufacturing and quality control. Now they also have their own line of mouthpieces, so now there's the Timothy McAllister line, the TM line of mouthpieces, oh, yeah. which is part of this vocalese. So very cool! Wow, it's sleek looking. Yeah, and this is fairly interesting in the way that these are made. They are milled out of hard rubber. It's a proprietary hard rubber. So I don't know. That's where it ends. Now they're Canadian. <laughs> okay. The, uh, Bakun is a Canadian company, okay. so we can know that Canadians care about health and safety. 
Right. Maybe more than America. <laughs> so uh, it's probably going to be, I mean, it's basically a health food, if we're honest. So um, <laughs> here's what's interesting. And this is where I've, I have a little bit of experience with, with mouthpiece development. So everyone right now, all the classical nerds are like, what does it sound like? We'll do a full review video. I'm going to get you over here playing it, doing some sound samples of you playing right. it as well. We won't tell Van Doren soon. You'll, oh, play it, you'll be playing a Van Doren uh, uh, read on it for Sherzy's. Okay. So uh, <laughs> it really is beautiful. It's understated. There's there's no like um, gold imprint. There's no lettering. Oh, it's beautiful. Very, very little lettering. Um, it's just very understated. Oh, very yeah. beautiful. Slightly matte finish. Yeah. Now, very, you're very holding nice. the TM2. TM two. I have the TM1. Ah. They're releasing two. I'm finally catching my breath because I literally sprinted upstairs I to saw, get the package I know you did. from FedEx. <laughs> so we may be the first person not in a music store to get their hands on this. Um, there's two different mouthpieces. So the TM2 was what they first made, and that was basically what does Tim McAllister need? Right. So what kind of work is Tim McAllister doing these days? Well, these days he's doing a lot of concertos. Right. And so it is a the mouthpiece that lets you play with a beautiful, I say beautiful, I haven't played it yet, but I'm going to assume <laughs> if Timothy Kim McAllister is putting his name to it, um, it's for concerto work. So you can play over a band or orchestra. Yeah, big, um, big full sound. Yeah. And if you've ever played a, I mean, have you ever played a concerto with a high school band? Yes. Yes. You know, the root of the word concerto, concertare, means to work against. Right. And when you're playing a concerto with a high school band... You feel it. It feels that way. Yeah. So this <laughs> is going to... The TM2 is going to have superior projection, so you can actually play concertos over band or orchestra. Um, the TM1 is much more uh, for chamber. I have a gut feeling I'm going to really prefer the TM1, mainly because I'm not doing... <laughs> like right. most saxophonists, you know, we're not doing a ton of concertos these days. One of the, the, actually, I would say the only complaint I ever get from anybody about like the AL3, SL3, mm -hmm. TL3, the Van Doren line, Optimum line, the only complaint anybody ever makes to me about those mouthpieces is, well, I kind of feel a little bit like my dynamic range is a little bit restricted. Right. And my personal response to them is usually... And there's a good reason to have to play that loud on a saxophone. How often are you asked to play louder? Not right. very often. So I'm I'm with you. I'm probably more likely to to need something like the TM1 than the TM2. But who knows? Sometimes right. a mouthpiece that has wide dynamic range still plays great. You just don't have to use the loudest volume, right? Right. So and you can always <laughs> ask the ensemble to play more play softer. Now I learned that lesson. Second, third hand, I guess, really. Um, so my mentor, Michael Hester, yeah. um, was playing with the Tucson Symphony. He was doing Mazorsky. That was oh. the second half of the concert. The first half was Hilary Hahn playing the Tchaikovsky Concerto. Oh. And he said, Hilary Hahn, uh, those of you that don't know, you need to be Googling Hilary Hahn right yeah. now. I think she's the most dynamite Fantastic musician. She's my favorite violence. musician on the yeah. planet. Um, right. She apparently was not shy and would... Not constantly, but he said several times she would say, hey, we, we can bring down the volume. Yeah. And if Hilary Hahn says that, trust Right, her. yeah, exactly. She, yeah. I mean, and for a violin, they're, they're going to be like, oh, yeah, right, we don't want to overpower the violin. Right. And well, if I'm playing yeah. a saxophone, it must be okay to say to the orchestra, hey, you know what? You don't need to play that loud. Right. Now, if you're in Tim McAllister's <laughs> shoes and playing with San Francisco, yeah. you probably just go along with you it. You just go yeah, along yeah, with like, it. Well, it depends on the scoring of the accompaniment, too, right? right if right, it's right. really big, so, then, you know. He's been playing this on it for a while. He recently um, debuted the Corleano. The Corigliano. Corigliano. I don't know if I'm saying that right either, Wally. But, uh, Corigliano. Oh, I'm so excited about that. He premiered that, that yeah. concert on the mouthpiece you're holding. Oh, wow. So he's been playing it for a Not while. Not this very one, ew. No, I'm <laughs> <laughs> yes. I hope they washed it before they sent it to smell us. Smell it. Smell it. And you can see the tooth marks. Yeah. <laughs> now, he had a root beer before the... No. Okay. So this is exciting news in the classical oh, saxophone world. that's really cool. Um, you know, Van Doren will come out with new mouthpiece lines and, you know, they're like Van Doren mouthpieces. They're, they're going to be good, but like this is something really new. So... The nerds are going to be like, well, tell us the details. Well, how does the chamber look in yours, Sue? Well, it's round, but it's yeah. got this, like, like ring around it, though. So it's, like, round and then flat on the sides of the round part. Yeah. So what's interesting is, interesting. so you would think they released two mouthpieces. They're just different tip openings, right? No. You think, okay, well, different tip opening and different facing lengths. Yeah. Because people always want to know, what's the tip opening? And I say, like, it's asking, like, what's an engine without knowing what kind of car it's in? It's it's just 
it doesn't make any sense. So right. the way a mouthpiece plays, it's everything. The tip opening tells you surprisingly little if you don't know everything else about the mouthpiece. <clears throat> and a bigger tip opening, depending on the facing, like the chamber, the baffle, How the throat. Long it is. Yeah, yeah, there's right. so many other variables that the tip opening is is you know. So the tip opening of the TM2 that you're holding, uh, the one made for like concertos and for Tim's work is 1.53 millimeters, which means nothing to you, but it's not a big tip opening. The TM1 is 1.38 millimeters. Hmm. Now, here's the thing. That tells us nothing because they're different facings, facing lengths. They also have different chambers. So they right. didn't just, and a lot of mouthpiece companies will just simply like, oh, let's open up the tip and right. then that's so it. It's a new really mouth, you know. No, these are truly two wow, different mouthpieces. Cool. So we don't want to think of this as the TM mouthpiece with a larger tip opening, they are two different mouthpieces Got for Shurzies. So anyway, that's the big classical news. Uh, sorry for making everyone... Uh, <laughs> that's cool that it came while we were talking. Yeah, yeah, How yeah, about yeah. that, Wally? <laughs> so that, that is pretty exciting. And so um, I enjoyed talking to Bakun. Um, and this is actually a stitch milling. Um, so if you know what that is... Go ahead and mail your lunch money to P.O. Box. <laughs> I'm a huge, care of, I'm a huge nerd. Um, but I talked um, to Joel from um, Bakun Music um, about that and the development. And a lot of time and energy and love has gone into this mouthpiece. So I'm super well, excited to try Well, this is really cool. Hey, you know, I got to tell you that, you know, I glanced at something about a mouthpiece on Facebook the other day and just, you know, eyes rolled back in my head. I, I scrolled on. <laughs> so that's... I guess this is probably what it was talking about. Right. So this is <laughs> called. I don't know. Yeah. Now that I know for sure, the the, the verdict is out. Uh, Vocalese TM1 and the Vocalese TM2 alto sax mouthpiece by Bakun Musical yeah, it'd Services. Yeah, be fun to check them out. Um, yeah, and it's an oh another thing. So the packaging that it comes through is this very cool reusable like um, it's not a box. It's a plastic tube that has this great little. So, yeah, but you know what? So, like... It's um, made from recycled material. Oh, that's cool. And it's recyclable. That is cool. Yeah, but with the pouch and this little plastic tube, this recycled material, you can actually have, like, an extra little mouthpiece in your case and keep it safe. Yep. So, they put a lot of thought into this. Very nice. Uh, It reminds me of the little tubes that the extra eyepieces for the telescope come in on the telescope that we have. Oh, I was was thinking, like, am I supposed to have a telescope? What are you talking about, Sue? (laughs) I don't know what you're talking. Okay. Oh, that's really cool. So yeah. Um, so c- huge congratulations to Timothy yeah. McAllister. Yeah. Um, I know he's got to be excited about this. This just yeah. came out of nowhere. That's like, awesome. Like I said, like two days ago, I got an email and I was like, what? <laughs> Timothy McAllister, Bakun. What is Bakun? And being right. a sax, what is, I'm, I'm you know, Googling it and I was like, what the heck? And then I see Tim McAllister on, on Instagram, uh, T minus two days. And I was like, well, this is a heck of a surprise. Right. So how do Yay. they play? We don't know yet because I literally opened the box while we're recording the podcast. <laughs> so, and also huge thanks to uh, Timothy and, uh, and Bakun to actually getting those overnighted from Canada to me. So Yay. they wanted to, you know, the Saxophone Academy to have them as soon as humanly possible. That's super exciting. It's very exciting. Um, other saxophone news. We have questions. We have questions? Are you cool to answer some questions? Yeah, let's answer okay, some questions great. because, yeah. Okay. So <laughs> It's always fun to fake it something like an answer. <laughs> yeah, I know. So we we know we want to reboot the podcast for a while. And so this morning I reached out to my private studio and I said, hey, guys. What, uh, Which questions. is another thing we should talk about, but another mm, time maybe. <laughs> I got a wait list on that. Okay. <laughs> um, but yes, I would love to talk about this sometime. So yeah. um, I put a call out and like questions. So everyone, not just our students, but everyone can ask questions yeah. anytime. But I was just in a rush this morning. So I reached yeah. out to my little boogers. Yeah. Um, Isn't it some anniversary, Wally? Uh, When your anniversary of the Saxophone Academy private studio. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Um, I got a wait list. Thank you. I don't want to brag about that because there's literally like, uh, I got a wait list and I wanted to get more people in. So I don't want to be like, great. Okay, let's go on. I still can't get in. (laughs) Um, Yeah, you guys, (laughs) this sucks. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. Congratulations for you. Um, Does (laughs) Sue know anything about the timeline? Oh, this is from Jacob. Jacob wants to know, do you know anything about the timeline for the release of the Van Doren Carbon Ligature? No, <laughs> I will. I will try to find out. Do you know Wally? Uh, I do not. But then again, I'm not a Van Doren artist. Oh, for God's sakes, I'm the worst. I'm just the worst. <laughs> it is kind of funny. I mean, I this, just like uh, okay. I will do a better job this, of being. This a Van podcast Doren gets artist. many tens and tens of thousands of downloads <laughs> in over a hundred countries in the world, and you're like, I don't know, Van Doren. <laughs> show me the money, and maybe I'll know more. Um, so speaking of mouthpieces, no yeah. Speaking of mouthpieces, Pete 
wants to know, oh, um, can you clarify the read strength versus tip opening? So does smaller tip equal stronger read or the other way around? What is it, Sue? Oh, geez. You're just going to keep putting me on the spot all yeah, the time. I don't want to answer these I questions. I have to interact stuff. with my students enough. Oh, Let me outsource this to you. Let's see. Um, uh, I should know this. If you have a jazz mouthpiece with a big, wide tip opening, you usually go with a softer read. Yeah. So, yeah, the further, if all things else are equal, unlike. That's the thing you were just talking about. Unlike yeah. the TM1 and TM2 yeah. mouthpieces, which yeah. does not stand for trademark. It stands for <clears throat> Timothy McAllister. Right. Um, yeah. So, if everything else stays the same and you widen the tip opening, it gets more resistant because the read has to travel further. Right. So, in general, if you keep the same strength read, it feels a little darker, a little bit more resistant, which can be good. Um, if you go to a thinner read, you get a different kind of sound. Right. So, yeah, in general, larger tip openings, but it's just one piece of many yeah. variables. Yeah, so, exactly. And, and like Van Doren, the Optimum line, when they change the tip opening, they also change the, the facing. So the AL3 right. and the AL4, they're it's different. It's not just a different tip yeah, opening. it's very yeah, different. That's right. So good, that's an interesting question. Yeah. Yeah, good question, Pete. Yeah. Uh, Chris wants to know, why has the saxophone become an accepted instrument in the jazz world, for certainly, for classical world? Well, you know, Tim McElster just played with San Francisco. Um, so this has been an evolution for yeah. a long time. Oh my goodness, we're just such a new instrument. Well, we are accepted. Yeah. Uh, but this is a great question from Chris. Why has the saxophone become an accepted instrument when other various instruments invented in the 19th century fell by the wayside? Why did the saxophone survive? Because it's awesome. I mean, it really is a selective. Um, you know, what is it? Natural selection. It's just so amazing. You know, we yeah. are that apex predator out in the wild with like poisonous quills and huge fangs and night vision and wing. I mean, we're just awesome. If the saxophone had been invented just a little bit sooner and if there hadn't been so much tension between the French and German classical music cultures, who knows? Maybe yeah. the saxophone would even actually have made it into the orchestra as a regular member, but it gets used more and more now. Yeah. Um, orchestras seem a little less resistant to having to spend, you know, an extra four or five hundred bucks to hire a saxophone player to play yeah. with them. I don't know. We're accepted. I just, the the but reason the, you think know. about saxophone quartet, like saxophone quartet is dominating the chamber oh music my competition gosh, world. Yeah, exactly, winning dominating. Com exactly, and there are a lot of composers that are like, you know, the saxophone quartet is like the best chamber music ensemble, but certainly the loudest. Yeah. <laughs> Even with the soft mouthpieces. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking yeah, of, yeah. No, it's and there's been a really great development as much as I am still really frustrated with the you know repertoire that's available to play with saxophone and piano and things right. like that and I still you know that's my life's mission to keep working on just getting better music for myself and my students to play. But, I mean, the repertoire is just so much better than it was, you know, 50 years ago. Oh, it's better than it was the five years ago, yeah. Is, the playing is so much better. Mm -hmm. Do you, you remember going to saxophone conferences, like, back a couple of decades ago, or, you know, for me, a little oh, longer yeah. than that? And, you know, some of the playing was, of course, absolutely stunning, but a lot of the playing wasn't. So the instruments have gotten better, the playing's gotten better. Gee, I wish, I, you know, which came first, right? Probably no. hand in hand. So it's just... The instrument's being played well, and there's just better and better music to play on it. I agree. Speaking of instruments getting better, uh, Lewis has a question. Lewis! As much as I... Uh, music, uh, Lewis is a music teacher as well. Uh, as much as I love my old 1948 Con 10M tenor sax, I prefer my Yanagasawa TW20. Well, the TW20, by the way, is just like that TW10 that yeah. I uh, had you hold there. Yeah. Only it's got a bronze neck and bell. Cool. Um, it, it's beautiful horn. Uh, I find new horns much freer blowing in general, wonderful intonation. I was wondering if you had thoughts about this. Do you find, you don't play on a whole lot of vintage instruments, do you? No, I don't, personally. Right. I'm going to tell Lewis that I actually don't think the newer horns are more free blowing. I think they're in better repair. I, I do also think that they tend to play better in tune yes. just because everything's improved with how they're made. Totally. Yeah. I, so yeah. I will say... Um, Yes, one of the reasons I, I just could not deal with the, the king was the intonation tendencies. Right. It would be okay for jazz, but for classical, we don't want to be doing Jedi mind tricks to bring the notes in tune. We want right. a homogeneity of sound and an effortlessness. Right. Um, You've got a lot of other things right. to worry about. Right, so I will say the intonation has gotten much better. As far as the free-blowing, some of the vintage Selmers are some of the most free-blowing horns. Much more free-blowing, I think, than the modern ones, except most of the time you're not finding one in great 
repair. Right. And I find this, I'm going to get in a lot of trouble when I'll say it. I think a lot of repair, I've never met a repair tech that wasn't like, like, I'm the only one that understands how these work. You know, repair techs are not, uh, in my experience, maybe it's just biased towards the ones I hear the most from. They're not a humble bunch. They are happy to show <laughs> online. Because you don't hear from the humble bunch. Well, I guess. Okay, <laughs> so yes. They're busy working. <laughs> yeah. You know, I only meet uh, friendly squirrels. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but the ones that are, are dominating online, yeah, they're like, yeah, yeah. look at what I got in. Someone else had their work done on this on this summer. Yeah. They didn't understand how the pads are fitted. Or, or they didn't understand this old con mecho system, 90, you know, whatever. Um, but I find that I've never met a repair person that's like, gosh, I don't, I don't know if this is going to play well. They're usually like, well, of course mm-hmm. I understand, and uh, this horn's unplayable because X, Y, Z. And so, but yet, from many of those repair techs, I have ha- had played horns that were freshly overhauled that played very poorly. Um, well, some of them, maybe if they get repaired so many times, they just stop. It, I mean, at some point, you just got to move on, maybe. Yeah. It, maybe they just... I don't know. I, I'm i not into the, yeah. The, I don't like the, I hate vintage horns for my students because you never, yeah. <laughs> laugh is like a vintage saxophone. <laughs> you never know what you're going to get. <laughs> I mean, like, yes. You, a, you have to play on a it Mark to feel like. A Mark 6 is yeah. very free-blowing if it's been overhauled, restored, yeah. you know, and it's if it's in beautiful playing shape. But I think, you know, a horn's been beaten around, tumbled around for 30, 40, 50 years. Yeah. It's not going to play great anymore. And, yeah. And even the best repair techs, I don't know, man. I'm going to shut up. I'm going to get, no one's going to repair my instrument ever again. No. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, you know, you have to compensate. Some horns that are not very free-blowing, then you just have to compensate with the right mouthpiece. Right. And there may be a different neck or something, but the right mouthpiece and reed will make a big difference. That course. is true. That is true. Um, so I would, yeah, they were much better in tune for sure. I like the new horns, but, you know, that said, I'm playing on a 25-year-old uh, Summer Series 30 two. year old Summer Series Series 2 uh, uh, Alto my soprano is a, a Series 3 but it's, and it's also freshly freshly overhauled it gets repaired. yeah it gets freshly repaired every year I have a few things okay. done it I try to take really good care of it but yeah I, you know and when it gets to the point where it needs to be overhauled I'll probably buy a new one and sell it yeah well see instead if you can, of getting an overhaul you can sell my Yanagasawa with it um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So one more question. We're, yeah. we're about out of time. One okay. more question okay. from uh, from Neil. Neil. Um, I live nowhere near a technician and had mm. to learn on the job. I wonder how much maintenance are you happy to do yourselves? Like, what do we need to know how to do on the saxophone, repair-wise, do you think? <sighs> well, if there's not a repair guy around. Well, okay, you could, you certainly, everybody should know how to oil their instrument properly, and you should oil your instrument once a year, but most people don't. That's true. Um, make sure you grease that cork. I've got students who never put any cork grease on their corks, and then like they start drying out and crumbling. So put cork grease on. You know, have a little screwdriver. I've never used cork grease. I swear to you, I've never, ever, really? and your ever since looked this great. No. Really? But doesn't it go... Well, here's the thing. I when eat, you're trying to put the mouthpiece no, on the cork? I eat a lot heck? of fried foods. <laughs> That's my only guess. Honestly, I don't know where you people are getting these thick know. desert corks. <laughs> okay, never mind. But have a little, you have to have a little screwdriver so when the little yes. screws work their way out, you can look out for that. Um, you know, a little crochet hook, you know, if you need that to get a, a spring to get back on. Uh-huh. I don't know. We used to keep around a little razor blade and a little bit of cork. If, <laughs> if, that sounded wrong, right? We used to keep a razor blade and a dollar no. bill. <laughs> No, like little corks and then, um, you know, cement. So if a cork came off, you could put a cork back on. Right, right, right. But personally, I'm not going to change a pad. I'm not going to put in a new spring. Um, None of that stuff. Um, I get my horn taken to, I take it in once a year, get a leak light. You could make yourself a leak light so you could check for leaks. But then what do you do if you find a leak? I'm not going to fix it myself, but you could learn to do that. Right. We, we know people who fix their own horns. I don't do that. Yeah. I let the people who are really, really good at that do that, so I don't screw That's up my instrument. That's the way I feel. <laughs> I feel that way yeah. about most types of manual labor. Um, <laughs> I don't change my own oil in the car either. Right. My, um, my, I have people in my family who's like, really? You don't change your own oil? I'm no, I pay somebody to do that. It cost me 60 right. bucks I, twice a year. It's, I, I'm good with that. I could cut my own hair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I yes. probably could too, but I don't. Indeed. Yeah. I own scissors I just, and I know how the cutting motion works. Yeah. Um, 
I don't know. I've never had any interest in repair. Yeah. Um, I respect the people that do it well. Now that yeah. I just insulted them all by thinking they. No, they're just. It's amazing what the craft. I mean. Yeah. But if you don't live, we see we're spoiled because we have people close by who do that and they do that so well. So you know. If you don't live close to somebody who does that, maybe plan a road trip to someplace fun, call up somebody, make an appointment, and, you know. I think, yeah, and I think preventative is yeah. is big. So you send your, it's it's making sure you make an appointment and, like, plan it as part of a vacation or a day yeah. trip. And there are places where you can mail in your yep. instrument. Yep, um, and that's true. So a lot of times what I find interesting is when you mail your saxophone, it's maybe not even best to mail it in the case. So with Music Medic, when I mm. uh, when I had my Uber haul, um, you actually take the saxophone out, wrap it many times in bubble wrap, put it in a in a box, then put that box inside another box with foam peanuts, oh, and that's yeah. actually way safer than shipping it in the case. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it'll absorb any shock. And that I way, have yeah. I have had overhauls from um, ProWinds isn't a thing anymore. Not not that people should be buying from anymore, from my understanding. Oh, okay. um, I've yeah I. They will take your money, but like whether or not they have something in stock. Oh, uh, whoops. So, but ProWinds used to have a repair shop as well. Um, and then, uh, but yeah, you would just mail your instrument. So there's lots of options. Yeah. We don't have to do, we don't have to learn this stuff. You know, come on now. <laughs> yeah, my advice would be just take good care of your instrument, swab it out, you know, really baby it. And then, you know, once every couple of years, get it into a repair person. Right. Yeah. Yeah get it checked out get a leak light and you see there's a bunch of leaks in there then it's time send it someplace or drive it someplace i mean find somebody in chicago and go spend a you know a week in chicago how bad could or that be find, or, or, find a lonely elderly person have them watch the videos on how to do it have them learn then you give their life meaning <laughs> and then they work on your horn and they need something to to keep them going you know it's the least we can do it's the least we can we do. We should create an army of retired, lonely people to repair instruments because <laughs> when the second saxophone craze of the 2020s hey, happens, we'll need that. Maybe when when I retire, I'll take up saxophone repair. You're not going to retire from music. Well, no, but when I retire from teaching... Well, then we'll play more. True. Yeah, okay. Okay. <laughs> So I can't tell you how good it is to see you. It's great I've to missed see you. Greatly. you. Oh, uh, same. Are, oh my gosh. Are we to be back more regularly? Yes, let's do it. Let's try to do it. No, no do or do let's not. Do. There let's is do. No try. And tell people to send questions because otherwise yes. they're going to have to listen to you go on about equipment for an hour and they don't want to do that. Uh, or maybe they do want to do that. I promise you they don't. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it was really interesting though and I will try to be a better Van Doren artist. You know, David Gould's going to listen to this and be like, Jeez, Sue Fancher, come on. Uh, <laughs> David Gould's going to be thinking like, if only Wally could play, we could have him as a band <laughs> Then he'd be so good at promoting our stuff. <laughs> All right, everybody, send your questions to Wally at thesaxophoneacademy.com or send them to Sue via social media because uh, you're not getting her email address. She's too busy. She's actually got a job. <laughs> Which we'll talk more about next week, actually. Yes, we'll talk more next All time. All right, and maybe your adventures. You took a slight walk. Up. We'll, we'll shut up. We'll talk oh, about this next time. Oh, golly. There's, like I said when I came to your studio today, I said, well, I don't know what we're going to talk about today, but I feel like we haven't talked in so long we could just blab on for five hours yeah. and not be done. <laughs> and I'm cool with that. Cool. And I won't talk about equipment nearly at all next time. It was super interesting. I was just giving you some crap. All right. That's fine. I don't I don't get that from thousands of people on YouTube every day, Sue. Oh, Wally, I love you. Well, add it to the, add it to the pile for my therapist. All right. Good seeing you. Everybody have a Great. fantastic week. Take Send us care. your questions. Go practice. Go practice. Bye.